This is Taekwon Lewis. You're listening to Dash to the Draft on Sports Crunch. to Sports Crush with D-Crom, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, David Cromelo. We are now 16, hopefully good night sleeps away from the 2018 NFL Draft. And I obviously can't wait even 16 more minutes, but we need to find some way to pass the time. And we plan to do so this week by recording seven more Dash to the Draft episodes in an eight-day span. Today, we would like to start this party off with a little mock draft. Here are three things to keep in mind about this mock as well as mock drafts in general. Number one, mock drafts aren't real. They are just exercises in the hypothetical, and most picks in the vast majority of these mocks will turn out to be wrong on April 26th. Number two, although I personally like to combine my beliefs of what a team should and will do in my mocks, the mocks we will be doing these next few weeks will be more based on what a team should do since most of the intel we are hearing at the moment will likely be proven false when the picks are made in real time. Number three, although you should be expecting quite a few trades on draft night, there will be no trades in this mock. However, look for there to be trades in the two other mocks we do on this program before the draft. It was an honor to have Joe Marino, one of the best NFL draft analysts in the business, on hand to help us with this mock. Joe is the assistant director of NDT Scouting, one of the premier scouting services for all kinds of people that have heavy interest in the NFL draft. Joe is also a contributor to FanRagSports.com and co-hosts the Draft Dudes podcast. So without further ado, we present to you Mach 3.0, DeCrom meets Marino. How are you, Joe? It's a pleasure to finally have you on the program. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that we talked about when we first met in Mobile at the Senior Bowl and I appreciate you giving me some time to finish up all the work with my draft guide, and and I've been uh, anxious to get on here with you and and talk some NFL draft. Likewise, man, and uh, explain to our viewers just a little bit about that draft guide and why they should uh, buy it as a resource for this uh, upcoming draft. Yeah, so what what we do on NDT Scouting is we sell a premium membership, which is basically $20, and it gets you my NFL draft guide for 2018 as well as Kyle Krabs' draft guide for 2018. What those draft guides consist of is 300 in-depth scouting reports on all of the prospects that you're going to see drafted at the end of the month, and uh, it's a great resource for you to uh, to get now and familiarize yourself with the prospects, and then you know to review as the draft's going on, and as a staple reference of something you can refer to, you know, throughout the the course of history as players move around, and you can see my individual evaluations on them. I have a very unique grading system where I take every piece of the evaluation and I grade it numerically and weight it against the entire score to kind of take the personal bias out of things and really put every single prospect through the same consistent criteria. That way we have uh, true evaluations based on what's most important. And uh, I'm excited for the way this year's product turned out. And you can check it out over on NDTScouting.com. You are highly encouraged to check out all the work done at NET Scouting. Great guys, uh, Joe, uh, Kyle Krabs, uh, Jonah Tolls, who's been on this program before, John Ledyard, who's also been on this program before. They're, they're great guys that do amazing work, people. And if you love the NFL draft, you have to check out NDT Scouting. And without further ado, let's uh, get down to this mock. Joe did the even number picks. I did the odd number picks. And we started, if there is any place where uh, what a team will do meets what a team should do, it's what the Browns are going to do at one with Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold, uh, yes, uh, he's a bit rough around the edges in terms of mechanics, but in terms of the balance between high ceiling, high floor, and intangibles, there's no quarterback in this class that has that better than Sam Darnold, in my opinion. So uh, Sam Darnold of the Browns at one, Giants at two. Yeah, I got the Giants here on the clock. 
And, you know, there seems like they're facing a lot of different uh, directions they can go with this, whether it's Quentin Nelson, the guard, Saquon Barkley, trading back. We're not doing trade backs. And since this is my pick, I'm going to get this quarterback position right for the next 15 years. Eli Manning is 37 years old. Give me the best quarterback in the draft, Josh Rosen out of UCLA. He's ready to uh, come in and uh, learn behind Manning for a season or two and take the reins. And he is a, a polished prospect with accuracy to every level of the field, and, and he's a pure thrower of the football. Can't pass on this opportunity picking number two to not come away with the franchise quarterback. You are exactly right. And in my opinion, the Giants would absolutely be foolish to pass on a quarterback at number two. And now moving on to their co-tenants at MetLife Stadium, the New York Jets, with the third overall pick. And this is also where what a team should do meets what a team will most likely do. And right now, all signs point to Baker Mayfield being the Jets' choice, especially if Josh Rosen is off the board. And Baker Mayfield, yes, he might only be 6'1". He might come out of a spread offense at college, but he has the intangibles you want in a franchise quarterback. And he will get a great opportunity to learn for a full season with Josh McCown and Teddy Bridgewater and... If you want a more accurate comparison, some people say Case Keenum, others say Drew Brees. Think Jeff Garcia, man. Jeff Garcia had a late start in the NFL, and if he would have started earlier in the NFL, he would have had a much longer and more productive career. Baker Mayfield is going to be that version of Jeff Garcia that we could have seen if uh, Garcia had an earlier start in the league. Brown's back on the clock again. All right, good pick there. I like Baker Mayfield's fit with Jeremy Bates' offense in New York. I've got the Cleveland Browns at number four. They went Sam Darnold at number one, so this is their second top five pick. And um, a lot of different directions they can go here, but I cannot pass on Bradley Chubb, the defensive end from North Carolina State. When you think about a tandem of him and Miles Garrett with Emmanuel Ogba and Larry Ogunjobi and Caleb Brantley and all the young talent they have on that defensive line working together to get after the quarterback – you are uh, really, really limitless in what you can do defensively because you can be so aggressive and you have two guys on the end that can really win one-on-one -on -one battles. Next to playing quarterback and having good quarterback play is being able to affect quarterback play in terms of fielding a good NFL team. Give me the guy that can do that better than anyone in this class, Bradley Chubb at number four to the Browns. And now the Broncos are on the clock, and in this scenario, some drafts would assume, oh, they will go Josh Allen because he's that raw quarterback that John Elway likes to roll the dice on, but Gary Kubiak has gotten a big, big, big role in that front office right now, and, and word had it in Mobile that he is being groomed to be the GM when John Elway steps down from the GM role within the next couple years. So he wants to get the team ready for Kubiak, and therefore he will acquiesce to Kubiak's wishes to take the best player available in this spot. And Quentin Nelson might be a guard, but he might be the best prospect in this draft, period. And he would be too good for the Broncos to turn down at five. He would also help their offensive line and be a help to whatever quarterback or running back they trot out on the field. He is a franchise cornerstone for 10 to 15 years. Quentin Nelson at five to the Broncos. I've got the Indianapolis Colts here at number six. And when they traded back from number three, we knew they weren't, they didn't have their eyes set on a quarterback. And so they still needed to be able to get one of the blue chip prospects in this class. Ideally, they would have liked to get Quentin Nelson or Bradley Chubb. And either one of those players is available. And so for me, the next best blue chipper in this class is Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker from Virginia Tech. He can be that physical tone-setting presence in the middle of the defense that can also play in space, can win in coverage, and he plays physically into the line of scrimmage. He has that ability to be the face of an NFL defense. And in today's NFL, where you are challenged to defend every blade of grass on the field, 
He's that middle of the field presence that can cover ground and be physical. Give me Tremaine Edmonds here to the Colts. Yes, and he is a freakish athlete as well, and he's only 19 years old, so his best days are well ahead of him. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I have them going with Saquon Barkley here. Yes, Jameis Winston has a lot of targets to throw to, but he doesn't have that running game to take uh, pressure off of him. And high volume, Jameis had throwing the football, and given his uh, mistake-prone ways, uh, you have to learn how to take the football out of Jameis's hands and put it into a reliable running back's hands. And what better guy to do it than Saquon Barkley? So Saquon Barkley to the Bucks at 7. Yeah, that'd be a nice uh, pick for them, and I love how that would provide some balance to that offense. Uh, I've got the Chicago Bears here at number eight, and I'm going to go with another linebacker, Roquan Smith out of Georgia. We've got two top eight linebackers, which is pretty unique, uh, but these guys are good football players. Roquan Smith is a uh, a physical, aggressive, speedy, rangy guy on the second level that just flows sideline to sideline, and we're used to seeing really impressive middle linebackers in Chicago, going you know going back to Dick Buckus and obviously Brian Urlacher. Well, Roquan Smith can continue that legacy and give them a true field general, middle of the field presence, and and the face of that defense for years to come. Yes, and Vic Fangio would definitely love that pick. And the 49ers next, they're about to lose Eric Reed in free agency, pending he signs elsewhere. But even if he does, the 49ers don't have any interest in bringing him back. What about bringing in an automatic upgrade for Eric Reed in Derwin James? John Lynch, uh, he will probably see a lot of himself in Derwin James, and that pick might be too much for him to pass over. So Derwin James to the Niners at nine. I am up now here to round out the top ten with the Oakland Raiders, and uh, this is a, a, an interesting team from 12-4 and four two years ago and to what they put on the field last year to John Gruden coming in. When I look at this team, I see a massive hole at cornerback. Uh, right now, that's a young secondary, a very unproven secondary. But uh, right now, opposite of Gary and Connolly, who's still unproven, they don't have much. Jair Alexander, I think, is the best cornerback in this class. He can play in every technique. He was banged up this year, but if you watch a 2016 tape, you saw a dominant football player. He's got exceptional ball skills. He can win in man. He can win in zone. He can win in press, and he can be a number one corner in the NFL, and the Oakland Raiders should take him at 10 in this scenario. Yeah, Jair Alexander is a very, very underrated player who has uh, climbed up draft boards as he should have because you guys in NET scouting uh, had him pegged as a top 15 talent for like the whole season, but the teams were kind of wary of his injury history, but that seems to have passed. So he will definitely go in the top half of round one. And the Miami Dolphins at number 11 here, if they're unable to trade up for a quarterback and they most likely won't be able to do so, Denzel Ward, I think, is great value here because the Browns, uh, word has that he is even in consideration for them with the fourth overall pick. And yes, he might be under six foot tall, but he plays much bigger than his size. And he is that shutdown corner that you really want in this league, given his ball skills. So Denzel Ward with the Dolphins at number 11. Your Buffalo Bills are next. Yeah, and this is an interesting situation. Because, you know, we're not doing any trades here. We know Buffalo has their eyes set on a quarterback. But with me being the decision maker, I don't have a quarterback worth number 12 or anywhere near it. So Mason Rudolph, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, none of those guys are in play for me. Then I got to go with the best player on the board here. That's Isaiah Wynn, the guard from Georgia. Buffalo's interior offensive line. You have Richie Incognito. You have Ryan Groy all in the last and John Miller. All three of their interior players are in the last year of their contract. Uh, Richie Incognito's getting old. Eric Wood unexpectedly retired due to that neck injury. And uh, there are a lot of question marks in the interior of this Bills offensive line. So uh, it's time to infuse it with a young, talented football player, Isaiah Wynn. You watch the tape. This guy is always square to his blocks. 
He's technically sound, and he's got a lot of power, and he's going to be a long-term starter in the NFL at guard. Yes, and just as a side note to our listeners, you should fully expect the Bills to not just make one, but maybe two moves up the board if they have to. Like, they're talking to the teams like the Colts at six, and then they will trade with either the Browns at four or the Giants at two, because them trading up to six would make the Giants and Browns much more comfortable in trading down. So that is a situation to monitor for all of you out there. But for the sake of our mock back to it, with the Redskins at 13, they gave up a rising star in slot cornerback Kendall Fuller to get Alex Smith in that trade with the Chiefs. And what better person to replace him with than with Mika Fitzpatrick? Mika Fitzpatrick, I think, uh, yes, uh, you can't like pigeonhole him into any certain role, but I think he could be a very effective Pro Bowl-level slot corner. And that slot corner is an increasingly important position in the NFL today. Mika Fitzpatrick to the Redskins. And now we are with the Packers. Yeah, I've got the Green Bay Packers on the clock here at number 14. And one thing as we get deeper into this first round that you'll hear me say is I got to stay true to my board and I'm the one making the decisions. And when I look at this Packers team, I absolutely recognize the need in the secondary. I recognize the need at pass rusher, but I don't have anyone that fits the bill. What I do see is a major need on this offensive line. I do not trust Justin McCray at right guard. And we saw this offensive line get banged up all season. Aaron Rodgers went down, and uh, this team was in shambles all year. Well, I don't want that to happen again, so I'm going to get the best offensive lineman on the board, Connor Williams, uh, the offensive tackle from Texas. There's some thoughts that he needs to play inside because he's got some footwork issues and he's not super long. I think he's a great player to play out at left tackle, but I think he'll do just fine sliding into guard a la Zach Martin did when he went from Notre Dame to the Cowboys and slid inside. Connor Williams has that same type of upside, and he can fortify this offensive line for Green Bay at the right guard position. He most definitely could. And now moving to the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals could go a lot of different ways here, and rumor has it that they love Josh Allen, and Josh Allen is still on our board, but since neither of us think Josh Allen is a first-round talent, we give the Cardinals just as equal of a pressing need to address, and that is their right tackle position. Right tackle is almost equally as valuable as left tackle in today's NFL, and they traded away Jared Valdir to the Denver Broncos, and what better replacement for him than Mike McGlinchey, who will be a staple at right tackle for the next 8 to 10 years plus. So with the Cardinals, you get Mike McGlinchey and some much-needed offensive line protection for Sam Bradford. Yeah, if if you're going to play Sam Bradford, you better be able to protect him. Good pick there, Dave. I've got the Baltimore Ravens here at number 16, and the run on offensive linemen is going to continue here with Billy Price, the center from Ohio State, They had a big loss in Ryan Jensen this free agency period and haven't really done anything to replace him. Right now, relying on Matt Skura to play center. We know Marshall Yanda's a stud at right guard, but James Hurst has really struggled, and they're counting on him to be their left guard. I bet they hope Nico Saragusa is able to replace him. But still, I see a hole at center, and Matt Skura is ideally a backup. Give me Billy Price, a 55-game starter from Ohio State. He can run block. He can pass block. He can win in space. He's super smart. He's got the pectoral injury. Uh, That was uh, suffered on rep four of his bench press reps at the combine, but he will be ready to go for training camp and he is going to be a long-term fixture in the NFL on an offensive line. Baltimore ought to snatch him up right here. Yes, and since with both offensive tackles off the board, the Chargers will probably have their eyes on either Williams or McGlinchey if they're there at 17, but with them off the board, they have to address that run defense, which is still very leaky, and what better way to do it than with Vita Villa from Washington, the 345-pound yet surprisingly athletic for his size uh, monster 
from Washington who um, some people are saying he's just like Danny Shelm 2.0. A lot of people believe that he profiles much better to Haloti Nada in his prime than he does to Danny Shelton. And he will immediately help the Chargers upgrade their run defense and give Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram some much needed help as well. So the Chargers with Vita Villa at 17. I've got the Seahawks at number 18, who is a team that is experiencing a facelift right now with both new coordinators in place and a ton of their you know, long-term guys like Michael Bennett and and obviously Richard Sherman and, and Jimmy Graham, all these guys are no longer in the fold. And, and so uh, it's just about getting talent back on this roster. And I don't know that the player I'm going to predict for Seattle here is going to be a real target for them because he doesn't check all the size boxes that they prefer. But Maurice Hurst, the defensive tackle from Michigan, uh, he's, he's just the best football player on the board at this point. He is a penetrating presence on the interior. They lost Sheldon Richardson. I know they've got some young guys already at that position, but I think he's the guy that can really be the anchor of that defensive line moving forward. And to me, he's the best player on the board and I've got to take him right here for Seattle. And with the Dallas Cowboys on the clock, your colleague Jonah Tolls would be thrilled with this pick. Leeton Vanderesh, the linebacker from Boise State. Although there might be some needs that might make more sense for the Cowboys here at 19, the value on Vanderesh, I think is just too much to pass up. He is like uh, over 250 pounds, or, no, 240, um, forgive me if I'm wrong, but Leeton Vanderesh is a freak athlete for his size and has drawn some comparisons to Brian Urlacher, who will be in the Hall of Fame this year, and defensive coordinator Ron Marinelli coached Brian Urlacher in Chicago, and if he sees the that Brian Urlacher-type upside in Leeton Vanderesh, he is going to pound the table for this kid. It would be tremendous value for the Cowboys to get a new anchor for that defense for years to come, so Leeton Vanderesh to the Cowboys at 19. Number 20, I've got the Detroit Lions, who has been in search of interior penetration skills all offseason. They weren't able to land Sheldon Richardson or any other defensive tackle. And so the the player that's going to be working alongside A'shaun Robinson, who's more of a stout gap plugger, that over tackle, that shade in a 4-3 alignment, they need the three technique that can penetrate and get up the field. Taven Bryan, the defensive tackle from Florida. He didn't have a ton of production last year at Florida, but that's because the rest of his teammates could not stay in the run fits and take advantage of his penetration skills. Well, you put him in the NFL where he's able to really work into the neutral zone, work half a man. Everyone's going to be in their gaps and he's going to make a lot of plays. He's got rare athleticism for his size and he can be a stud interior defensive tackle. Taven Bryan here, number 20 to the Lions. David Bryan Hive is real, folks, and at 21 of the Bengals, I have one of the studs that we saw down in Mobile and Will Hernandez, the guard from UTEP. Yes, the Bengals got Cordy Glenn in that trade with the Bengals, which allowed them to move down to this spot, but... They still need a replacement for Kevin Zeitler, whose presence they missed dearly at right guard last year. And Will Hernandez is the guy to play in the rough and tumble AFC North. He is that hard hat, lunch pail, physical, aggressive player that you need in that division, where you want to pound the rock all day long. Will Hernandez will be opening up car size lanes for Joe Mixon in the years to come. And Will Hernandez would be a more than welcome presence for the Cincinnati Bengals. Your Buffalo Bills on the clock again. Good pick there. I've got the Bills here at 22. And uh, I'm still not going to give him a quarterback because, again, I don't have one worth the pick. But whoever that quarterback is going to be that's going to start for the Bills next year, whether it's Nate Biederman, A.J. McCarron, or somebody that they draft in the second round, they've got to have someone to throw the football to. And right now, this tandem of Kelvin Benjamin and Zay Jones does not scare anybody. 
Give me Cortland Sutton, the wide receiver from SMU. I think he's the best wide receiver in the draft. He's a big-bodied guy that can win at the catch point, go up and get the football, move the chains, win in the red zone. But I think he's got a lot more mobility for a typical big-bodied receiver. He gets good hip sync in and out of his breaks. He can separate, and he's got some skills after the catch. He reminds me of Terrell Owens. There's a hot take for you. So this would be a very good fit to get some dynamic playmaking ability outside for the Bills, whoever that quarterback's going to be. So give me Cortland Sutton here, number 22 to the Bills. And with the Patriots at 23, uh, they are probably looking for the longtime heir to Tom Brady, but there are no quarterbacks worth it at this point. But a tremendous value has fallen into their lap in Harold Landry. Yes, you could talk about Harold Landry's uh, below average run defense all you want, but he is one of the best pass rushers in this draft, if not only the second best pass rusher to only Bradley Chubb and the Patriots need edge rushers desperately. They missed it in the Super Bowl and they need it now. Harold Landry is the perfect addition for them. I've got the Carolina Panthers here at number 24, and this is a team with a lot of needs. It's kind of surprising when you look through this roster uh, between the, the holes on the offensive line, wide receiver, defensive end. They have need at corner safety. Thomas Davis is retiring after the season. Ryan Khalil's retiring after the season. They have got a lot of work to do. So I've got to focus on the best player available at a position of need. And I'm really concerned about their safety situation right now with Mike Adams and Colin Jones as a projected starter. They signed Denora Searcy, but they have no speed and range over top. Anybody that has those center fielder type skills. I've got a guy here in Justin Reed, safety from Stanford, who can do everything you need a safety to do, whether it's man coverage, whether it's split zones, whether it's single high, playing in the box. He's physical. He can tackle. He does everything. And he, they need a player like that on the back end of this defense because there's not a lot of versatility when you look at the players currently on the roster. Let's start getting some defensive versatility in the backfield with Justin Reed, the safety from Stanford. Indeed. And with the Tennessee Titans, both their starting edge rushers, Brian Arakpo and Derek Morgan, are north of 30 years old. And with pick 25, they get a somewhat of a project, but a guy who showed a tremendous growth uh, during his week of the Senior Bowl and showed that he can be coached up into potentially something special and he this would be a perfect situation for him to learn behind those two guys before assuming a bigger role the following season and that is Marcus Davenport of UT San Antonio a bit of a project but a promising athletic freak with loads of upside for that pass rush I've got the Atlanta Falcons here at 26 and I'd love to give them a defensive lineman but I don't have one to give them here none that are worth the pick and the other need that I look at this Falcons roster, I turn my attention to the interior offensive line. I think Brandon Fusco was a pretty good pickup that could be a stopgap at right guard. But Andy Levitre, he's been a serviceable NFL player, kind of had an unheralded career, but he's he's declining. And so I need some upside here in the middle of this interior offensive line for the Falcons. Give me James Daniels out of Iowa, a guy that I can see playing center or guard. He can challenge Fusco and Levitre right away and potentially supplant Levitre long-term. And so I think this would be a nice player to add, give some use to this offensive line, and they can focus on the defensive line later in the draft. They most certainly can. That James Daniels would be an excellent pick for the Falcons at 26. And now for the New Orleans Saints. I had a hard time thinking over this pick. I initially wanted to give them another corner to pair up with Marshawn Lattimore, but then I realized uh, Kenny Vaccaro, uh, even though he's still on the market, I don't see the Saints bringing him back. They need somebody to replace Kenny Vaccaro. And Ronnie Harrison from up the road in Alabama, he would be a tremendous addition. He is uh, rising up draft boards as we speak. Some in the league have him as a higher-ranked safety ahead of Mika Fitzpatrick, for crying out loud. And uh, 
Ronnie Harrison would definitely slide into that Kenny Vaccaro role immediately and give the Saints uh, the help they need at that position. I've got the Pittsburgh Steelers here at number 28. I uh, I would think that they would love to get a linebacker. I think they'd love to get a safety. But I got to get something solved once and for all here, and I got to get this running back position right. I'm going to let Le'Veon Ball, Bell walk. He's too expensive, and he plays running back. And I'm going to replace him with Darius Geist, the running back from LSU, and uh, get that saga behind me. Darius Geist is a Marshawn Lynch type runner, physical as you'll ever find, sees the field well, and uh, he is inside and outside running skills. And behind this Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line, he can make a lot happen, complimenting what Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown can do in the passing game. I think this is about not only getting the long-term answer at running back, but moving on from this Le'Veon Bell situation that is just turning into a saga every year off the field. Plus, I'm not committing $20 million a year to a running back. Give me Darius Geis here, and we'll worry about linebackers and safeties in the second round. Hopefully you're smiling there, John Ledyard, and plus Darius Geis is an even better receiver than Marshawn Lynch, so you should definitely keep that in mind, folks. And now the Jacksonville Jaguars at 29. They do not have that many holes on their roster, and yes, they could uh, swing on a quarterback here, but that doesn't match the value, and plus Paul Puzluzny retired, and you need that linebacker to anchor your defense. Yes, you got uh, Telvin Smith and Miles Jack, but you need that middle linebacker in your base defense to help you out. And a guy who could potentially play all three downs, and that is Rashawn Evans from Alabama. He would be great value for the Jacksonville Jaguars right here, completing their linebacking core. I've got the Minnesota Vikings here at number 30. And, uh, you know, this is a an offensive line that's made a lot of strides last year to this year. I think there's a little bit more work to do, and that's solidifying one more interior spot. Love Pat Elfline, what they were able to get in him. Let's get Frank Ragnow in the mix here out of Arkansas, a guy that's had success at both center and guard. So you love the versatility, uh, but he is in, he's athletic. He's powerful. He's really good in space. And I love the position flexibility that he gives you to fill multiple holes. I think he's a plug and play type player. He was dominant in the SEC. This guy put people on their backs left and right if you watch the tape. And uh, he'll be a guy that can come in right away and, and, and bolster and fortify for once and for all this Minnesota Vikings offensive line. They've made a big investment in Kirk Cousins. They got Dalvin Cook coming back off injury and, and making sure that those guys have the offensive line they deserve is really important. Frank Ragnow is the missing link to this front five. Plus, Frank Ragnow is a Minnesota native. How fitting would that be? And with the New England Patriots at 31, uh, it wouldn't shock me if they went Mason Rudolph and Kyle Lalletta in this situation if it warranted. But none of those two are worth it, according to us. And the Patriots need an offensive tackle badly after losing Nate Solder to free agency. So they get a guy who is in a very similar situation as Nate Solder was coming out of college, and that is Colton Miller, the tackle from UCLA. Yes, Colton Miller might not be a first-round talent, but the importance of the tackle position is expected by many to push him up the board into this part of the first round. And Dante Scarnecchia loves to mold uh, raw left tackles coming out of college. And if there's any offensive line coach that could get the most out of Colton Miller, it is Dante Scarnecchia. So Colton Miller to the Patriots at 31. Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles here right at number 32 to round out the first round. I know they'd love to have Darius Geis in this spot, but I ruined that plan by giving him to the Steelers a few <laughs> picks earlier. 
let's get this offensive line right. Let's figure out this left tackle position long term. Let's make sure a strength remains a strength with Carson Wentz coming back off the the knee injury. And I want to give him Jamarco Jones, the offensive tackle from Ohio State. I love his tape. I mean, you watch him play. He does such a beautiful job of framing pass rushers on the edge and staying square. And he's got a powerful ankle anchor. He can move bodies. Uh, he has some success in space. And one thing that this Philadelphia offensive line, what they're tasked with is doing so many different things, executing so many different techniques. They run zone. They run power. They're asked to move. And Jamarco Jones is a player that's been challenged like that in college. And he's, he's proven able to do so many different techniques. He can be the long-term answer uh, behind Jason Peters here at left tackle and, and make sure that that offensive line remains a strength for years to come. He is Joe Marino, ladies and gentlemen, of NDT Scouting. You could also catch his work at FanRagSports.com and also check out his podcast, Draft Dudes, which is amazing. Joe, thank you so much for joining us on this program, and we look forward to having you on the show again in the very, very near future. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Joe. And that's it for today here on Sports Crunch with D-Crom. Stay tuned for six other new episodes this week, including more of our division-by-division draft previews, as well as a look at this 2018 class's long-term potential from a fantasy football perspective. Also, be sure to check out the episode archive, including our 100th episode special, my interview with longtime NFL scout Greg Gabriel, as well as an up-to-date blog of mine at sportscrunch.com. And remember, that's crunch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please, consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Joe, especially since there's never an off-season for talking football. For Joe Marino, our producer Chris Broadhead, this is David Cromwell saying so long, and as always, stay awesome. Stay awesome.